What can you do to maintain the loyalty of the patients you actually like? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host. Joining me today is Judy Capco, the founder of Capco & Company and author of the popular book, Secrets of the Best Run Practices. Judy has specialized in medical practice operations and marketing for more than 20 years. She is a certified risk management specialist, and her emphasis is on building patient-centered strategies and valuing staff's contribution. Judy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Larry. Why do you think patient loyalty has kind of plummeted over the years, besides the fact that everyone switches insurance so often? Well, I think switching the insurance is a very big part of it, and I think that's probably one of the main factors that has started the plummet in patient loyalty some years ago. There's lots of confusion for patients with managed care. There's a lack of continuity, and they throw that back to the responsibility of the physician, whether the physician actually owns that or not. Patients are more informed than they have been in the past, and with that, a little less trusting. Uh, A lot less. (laughs) A lot less trusting. (laughs) That may be true. Very skeptical. Um, I think a lot of that comes from their confusion and frustration over not only insurance, but they have access to information they never had before. They go on the web, they seek alternatives, and they come into the office more informed, and sometimes they bring information to the physician that makes the physician a little resistant, and that really impedes the relationship between the doctor and the patient rather than enhancing it. The doctor's on the defense because uh, he feels a little threatened. Absolutely, and uh, he's going to continue to feel threatened because this is going to continue on, so he has to find a way to embrace this or help the patient understand that he has the patient's best interest in mind and gathering information is finding good. I think one of the things our doctors can do is enhance their own website so that patients go there for information and thereby the doctor gets to lead them in the direction they want. Well, I think even before the Internet exploded, the relationship was eroding. And something's happened in the last 30 years in this country where doctors have just become, I've heard the term, commoditized. You know, we're just providers. We're not really in a position of respect. We're not even considered healers. We're just, you know, someone to give the $20 copay and get a prescription from? Well, that's an unfortunate attitude, but I hear that from my own clients, and I just don't agree with that. I'm sorry to hear doctors talk like that, and I think they have to recognize they have incredible talents and skills they bring to the patient, and unfortunately, the patient doesn't seem to honor that as they did in the past, but it's our job as medical physicians, as providers, as you said, to help the patient and bridge that gap that's building there and that deterioration in the relationship. You know, we own the relationship still, and if we can have enough patient loyalty and can make the patient feel important, I think a lot of that feeling that doctors have will diminish. I don't think the frustration with dealing with third-party payers is going to go away, and the fact that someone's looking over your shoulder and you have to get approval for the very care you want to provide to the patient, that's certainly not going to go away, but we still have control over the relationship to some degree. Well, that's interesting because somebody mentioned to me today that, you know, I know already now if I order a CAT scan for somebody, they have to have it approved from their insurance company. And usually there's a physician there who is saying yes or no. Now the insurance companies are bringing in their own doctors to say yes or no. So it's almost like we're fighting this battle and it's exhausting after a time of trying to do what's right for the patient and have the insurance company say, no, you can't do that. We get exhausted and we give up. I think you're right. You do get exhausted and unfortunately sometimes you do give up. But I think we still have to remember that we are there face-to-face with that patient and how well we communicate 
and let the patient know that we're on their team, then the better off we're going to be. We still need the patient in our corner, and we still want a compliant patient, and that all depends on patient loyalty. So you are the expert. You've written books. How does one secure loyalty besides doing a great job and looking at the patient and listening to the patient and doing everything they ask and they still will jump ship if your front office staff looks at them the wrong way. Well, that's true. They will. And and rightfully so. I mean, it's your responsibility to make them feel good about where they're at. I think we really do a very poor job in the medical office of training our staff on how to communicate with the patient and how to make the patient feel important. Our employees get very busy, and they get so wrapped up in that that they quit looking at the patient as a person and someone that's there with fears and concerns, and they just start thinking about the processes they have to go through. In reality, Larry, if they look at the patient and see them as a person and meet those very individual needs, which I'll talk about in a minute, they're going to have a more cooperative patient, and honestly, it doesn't take more time. It just enhances the relationship. First of all, get rid of that sign-in sheet. It's horrific. Mm -hmm. It's an excuse for us not to welcome a patient to the practice and to even acknowledge that they're there. So that's a starting point right there. You know, we have these moments in time when we are interacting with that patient, and how we make them feel is going to make a huge difference in how that visit goes and how much time the patient absorbs and how cooperative the patient is. So, you know, make them feel important. Honor them. Say hello. Call them by name. Those are very little things that are very important to a patient. I try to get my staff to put themselves in the patient's role and pretend that they're the patient calling the office and how would they want to be treated. And they can do that for maybe a week or so, and then they just resort back to, I hear the nurses on the phone getting in in cat fights with these women because it becomes like a power struggle that the nurse has to hear herself being heard, and, and they're fighting with patients on the phone. It's craziness. It sounds like it's craziness. (laughs) And it's not unique to my office. Well, it's not, but it's really still gets back to communication skills. First of all, we need to teach them communication skills, how to be less confrontational, how to not take it personally when a patient is confrontational. Some basic communication skills goes a long ways here, Larry. And if you just get back to the patient and stick with the issues and not be attacking, you know, you, you can avoid that cat fight you're talking about. And, you know, when you get in those frustrated situations with your patients, you just make it more difficult for yourself. It can ruin your day. No question. No question. It ruins the patient's day, the nurse's day, and the doctor's day. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm talking today with Judy Capco, founder of Capco & Company and author of Secrets of the Best Run Practices. And we're trying to figure out how to keep our patients loyal. Judy, What about having these programs where the doctor offers patients gifts for sending other patients to their practice? Is that a good thing or does it make the practice look pathetic? I don't think it necessarily makes you look pathetic, but I don't think it's necessary. If you're giving good care, if you're making your patients feel important, they feel good about the experience, they're going to recommend you to others. And we have to remember, when a patient's making a recommendation or even when a patient that has been recommended to your practice comes in, they're already assuming you're a great clinician. They wouldn't put their health in your hands otherwise. What they're really making a judgment about is how friendly you are and how important you make them feel. And that's where we have to focus. So we have to create a certain experience for that patient from the minute they walk in our office to the minute they leave. And it has to be excellent all the way around. And it has to involve everyone they are encountering along the way. 
walking down the hall and saying hello to a patient instead of just pretending that there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. There's just when you go back to your office, Larry, just kind of look around and see how people act as they just walk by a patient or see a patient in the hallway, and that whole exchange can be different and not take more time, just be more pleasant. Well, I've had office staff meetings and and tried to instill a certain sense of ownership to the practice where people feel that it's theirs. And and I try and say, let's pretend that this is the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, because I think service there is excellent. And they just stress the personal treatment of the customer. And the customer is always right. And, you know, it's hard for these people to treat other people so nice all day long when they're getting harassed all day. But the nicer they treat them, the less harassment they're going to get. And, you know, you mentioned a really important word, and and I don't want to get off on to talking about HR issues and and dealing with staff, but it really does turn around and come back to that. You mentioned the word try, and that's where we get into into trouble. It's it's the try. Try is not doing. Try is kind of half a commitment. And I think the way you get a more complete commitment from your staff is really to tie their customer service performance to their pay. So when you do an annual review, you should also have one component in that that talks about customer service and how well they're doing. I know I have some practices that give an annual bonus based on patient satisfaction, and that becomes actually a part of you know the employee's wages. How is that practice measuring the patient satisfaction? Just surveys in the waiting room? That's an interesting thing. Surveys in the waiting room are, are not real reliable because usually you're not getting a good value of the entire practice. You're getting patients that happen to come into the office on a certain day. It's better to do a, a real reliable patient satisfaction survey that is mailed out to your patients so it goes to you know a broader base of patients and patients will respond more honestly if it's not something they fill out in the office and put right. in a box where the receptionist or somebody else can go through it. When you go out to a site and you, let's say you do a patient satisfaction survey and it comes back saying, the doctor took an hour to see me and I think my time is as valuable as the doctor's, then we basically come into a totally different topic, which is time management. I heard somewhere that there's a new book coming out about that. Is that true? Oh, that's true. You're truly. I'm writing it. No way. <laughs> It's called Take Back Time, and it really goes through what goes on in the medical office and how you can gain time and use your existing time better. But when we talk about patients in time, Larry, you know, I have to tell you, I just recently read a consumer's report study that showed up in a Wall Street Journal, and it was real interesting because the topic was what bugs your patients. And it showed me that out of the top five things that bug a patient, they're all related to time. Mm-hmm and how we respond to our patients' time. So time is at the very basis of patient satisfaction, and it's the basis of efficiency. So we really do need to look at how we use our time and how we respond to the patient and honor their time. Do you think it actually starts at the top with the doctor? Let's say you have a staff that is just fantastic and wonderful and is is kissing the patient's butt from the time they walk into that office, and the doctor just keeps them waiting and walks in the room and spends two minutes with them and then leaves. And... I think it has to come from the doctor, from the top down. Oh, sure. The doctor sets the culture, no question about it. But it certainly helps if the patients develop a strong relationship with them. And I think if we have patients that are kept waiting, we need to recognize that and say, I really appreciate your patience. We're sorry doctor's been detained. But, you know, if it's typical that you have a 30-minute wait in your office and you, doctor, accept that, then you know what? You set a culture up to fail in terms of customer service. 
And, you know, that's an efficiency matter. That's something you can manage in the office. I was in a practice uh, a couple months ago that was just struggling with time and always running behind, and this was a practice that did a lot of elective services. So it was really important to the doctor to improve this. And all I did was take a look at how they'd scheduled the last two weeks, and it was obvious why they were in trouble. They were double booking every 15 minutes. They had two patients. Sometimes they have three new patients booked within a 20-minute period. Uh, You know, you can't possibly stay on schedule with that kind of an appointment pattern. Well, Judy Capco, thank you very much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. I was talking with Judy Capco, the founder of Capco and Company and author of the popular book, Secrets of the Best Run Practices. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments at ReachMD. We now feature on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thanks for listening.